This is Gordon Verning with Jazz Insights. Today I would like to continue talking about Kansas City and the Kansas City jazz style. The last show we left off with the great Benny Moten's orchestra um, on, with recording circa 1925. Benny Moten's name is synonymous with Kansas City jazz. Now, the Kansas City jazz that most people think of as, as the indigenous style, you know, you think about Count Basie and Lester Young, really comes from an evolution of the music that began to take shape by 1932. But let's go back to Benny Moten and play some of his um, late 1920s and early 30s music. And hopefully we can follow the progression and hear the changes. And most of these changes really take place in the rhythm section. Benny Moten was one of the most successful band leaders in Kansas City and all of the Southwest Territories. Um, his nephew, Buster Moten, also co-led the group and Buster played uh, piano and accordion. At any time in that 10-year period when, when Moten was enjoying great success and popularity, he had the greatest of the Kansas City and Southwest jazz musicians performing in his group, like Jimmy Rushing, uh, Count Basie on piano, um, Oren Hotlips Page played with him, Walter Page, uh, Lester Young. I mean, at one point, all these great musicians played with him. And he was also known to raid other bands. In fact, he took quite a few musicians from other bands in the territory. We'll start with a new with New Vine Street Blues from 1929, Benny Moten's Kansas City Orchestra. that particular recording, the rhythm section is still playing an older style, you know, using the tuba instead of the string bass, and the great bassist Walter Page was not in that particular group. Now, let's listen to the same band, the Benny Moten Orchestra from 1930. This is a piece called O Eddie, and the rhythm section style is much more controlled, and the band seems to swing with much greater ease. So in just one year, you can hear a, a quite a difference in the band. This is 1930, Benny Moten. enjoyed great success in the Kansas City area, and he also traveled around the country. He made quite a few trips to the East Coast, um, as far down south as Texas and as far north as Minnesota. So he was traveling you know, in the typical territory band manner. Between 1930 and 1932, he was able to hire a few musicians from Walter Page's Blue Devils. 
the most important man in the evolution of the Kansas City style is the bassist Walter Page. Now, Walter went to Lincoln High School. He was a student of Major Clark and Smith. And he was a great teacher, and a lot of the great players went to Lincoln High School from that area. Even Charlie Parker went to Lincoln High School. But Walter was a great bassist. He also played the tuba, and he really is the first bassist to introduce the walking style, which makes the rhythm section act in a real smooth and supple manner. And it gets away from that kind of bumpy and thumpy rhythm section style that you hear from the 1920s. This is 1932, two years later, and this is probably the height of Benny Moten's success. They had just done a tour and played in New York and were on their way back to Kansas City and they stopped in Camden, New Jersey and recorded two wonderful recordings. One is Moten Swing, which really is the essence of the Kansas City style. Smooth rhythm section approach. Of course, Walter Page playing walking bass style. Basie playing piano. I believe the drummer might have been Joe Jones. I'm not sure of that. But the rhythm section style sounds very modern with great solos and it also highlights the Kansas City riff style. So let's start with Moten Swing, 1932 this band was way ahead of all the contemporary big bands from that period in terms of where the rhythm section functioned. that same recording session, they also recorded a piece called The Prince of Wales. Remember, this is 1932. And uh, what I have to mention is that, you know, a lot of these arrangements were are what we call riff arrangements. They're basically chunks of melody that are played by the different sections. A saxophone section might play one little short motive or chunk of melody and be answered by the trombones or trumpets. And they would layer these sections one on top of another so that it, in essence it sounded like an arrangement but sometimes they were made up right on the spot we call them head arrangements sometimes they were written down and we have to remember that there were a couple of really good and important composers and arrangers back then in the early 30s in Kansas City one of them was Eddie Durham was a great guitarist and trombone player who had a, a very long career as a, as a writer and arranger also Buster Smith the great alto saxophonist originally from Texas who was living in Kansas City was a good arranger so uh, Moten was a smart guy so he made sure that he had good arrangements. His most successful recordings were based on these riffs, just like Moton Swing and this next one we're going to listen to. But these two uh, people, um, Eddie Durham and Buster Smith, also contributed to the great success of the band. So l- let's listen to Prince of Wales. Thank you. 
Benny Moten enjoyed tremendous success in Kansas City um, in the late 20s and early 1930s. It's very interesting that there were quite a few um, territory bands um, based in Kansas City, and the musicians often would move from one band to another, enticed by better pay or um, better, you know, nightclub engagement or a better tour. So you would find, you know, Lester Young playing with such and such a group, and then, you know, a month or two later he would be with uh, Benny Moten or Walter Page or traveling, you know, someplace else. So there was a lot of uh, movement back and forth. In other words, the lines between the bands were rather porous. And that also helped the style to evolve because a lot of the same musicians were involved. And you hear about the same names all the time. Walter Page on bass, Joe Jones, Basie playing piano with many of these different groups. Uh, the great uh, saxophone soloists, uh, Buster Smith. And then, of course, Ben Webster was there, um, Lester Young, Herman Walder, and all these wonderful names, uh, wonderful musicians all passing through in these different groups. Unfortunately, uh, Moten passed away in 1935 as a result of a botched tonsillectomy. It's very interesting. The story is that Basie took over the band. Well, that's not exactly true. Basie had left Moten, I think, about 1934 and formed his own group and was not successful and ended up going back with Moten. And then after Moten died, um, obviously the band ceased to exist. And uh, over a period of months, Basie was able to pull together the remnants of the Moten band, and that became the Count Basie Yorkshire. So it was a long process, but the style had really been established by the early 1930s. I have to say it goes to Walter Page's bass playing, supplying that real smooth, supple uh, walking style. And on the previous piece we listened to, you can hear it. It starts in the column two, bing, bum, beep, bop, 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 bop. And then at that point when the saxophone soloist, you know, comes in, Walter moves into four. He's playing ding, 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 ding. And then all of a sudden the, the feeling of the piece changes completely. And that's the essence of, of the Kansas City style. Great soloists, this wonderful rhythm section style, and basically, you know, simple arrangements based on riffs. We have to step back a few years into the mid to late 1920s and talk about two other really important groups. It was Jesse Stone and the Blue Serenaders. Um, was based in Kansas City. And Jesse Stone was a wonderful pianist and composer and band leader and was quite successful. In another incarnation in the 1950s, he changed his name and became a, a rock and roll and R&B impresario and wrote um, one of the biggest R&B hits of the 50s, Shake, Rattle, and Roll. But early in his career, he was Jesse Stone, the band leader. And the Blue Serenaders were a very popular group. And out of that group come um, some very well-known Kansas City musicians. Jesse Stone, um, one of his big hits from that era was a piece called Starvation Blues, 1927. And we can't forget that the blues singers were an integral part of the Kansas City and Midwestern sound. So that was Jesse Stone and the Blue Serenaders, another very important and integral band in Kansas City style was the Blue Devils. I've mentioned them over and over, and it's quite an important group. In fact, there was a great documentary made in the late 70s or early 80s called The Last of the Blue Devils. I highly advise going out and renting it or see if you can download it. Walter Page took over the Blue Devils. They were based in Oklahoma City in the 1920s. And they were a very popular territory band. It was a cooperative group. In other words, there was no real band leader. All the decisions had to be made by the group. 
And of course, that eventually led to the demise of the group. Um, but Walter Page was this great bass player, wonderful musician, very well respected. And he led the band from the late 1920s into the early 30s until he finally left and was hired by Moton. And of course, eventually Count Basie hired him, was part of that great rhythm section in the late 30s. One of the most important recordings they made, one of the few recordings they made, was called the Blue Devil Blues, and it also features the great blues shouter Jimmy Rushing. So we're going to go out with a 1929 recording of Walter Page's Blue Devils, which really is one of the important centerpieces of the Kansas City style with the Blue Devil Blues featuring Jimmy Rushing. That's all right, baby. Baby, that's all right for you. This has been Jazz Insights with Dr. Gordon Vernick. Visit me on the web at gordonvernick.com. Jazz Insights is produced by WMLB AM 1690, the voice of the arts in Atlanta, Georgia.